This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Sami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media in the South, we're delighted to welcome to this program a great group of leaders this weekend covering key issues and their clear insights into how Washington's policies and world events are impacting our everyday lives. We begin our weekend program with an extraordinary leader and great American, Governor Phil Bryant, a distinguished guest host of America's Roundtable. Governor Bryant served as Mississippi's 64th governor from 2012 to 2020, and before becoming the state's chief executive, the Honorable Phil Bryant was lieutenant governor, state auditor, represented his legislative district in the Mississippi House of Representatives for five years. And Governor Bryant serves on the executive advisory board of International Leaders Summit and a distinguished guest host of America's Roundtable and is spearheading initiatives at Bryant Sanji Snell Global Partners. And at this uh, stage, we would like to welcome Governor Phil Bryant. Bryant, welcome indeed, sir. Welcome, Governor Bryant. Oh, Joe, great to be back. Natasha, always good to hear your voice. Uh, Governor Bryant, uh, in an omnibus $1.9 trillion bill, so-called COVID relief bill, $350 billion are designated for states and localities. And we have two major issues here. Firstly, we discussed the fact that only 8% of $1.9 trillion COVID relief bill is actually dedicated to COVID. So this is another omnibus bill having all sort of special interest spending hidden in the bill that we all are paying for. And secondly, there is another caveat, and that is that the states receiving this federal aid may not reduce any taxes during the covered period, which is until 2024. This is another attempt by one party and its mindset, which has a disdain for any competition, including tax competition, and is using our taxpayers' dollars to produce equality of bad outcomes through redistribution. Governor Bryan, as a former governor of Mississippi, what is your reaction to this requirement of states not being able to reduce any taxes in order to receive the funds from the COVID relief bill that we all are paying for. Well, perhaps we shouldn't be shocked. The Biden administration during the campaign, when they were campaigning, talked about 
the overreaching federal government and how it would involve just such executive orders. What is a little surprising is that I know there must be good attorneys in and out of the White House. I've been in the White House many, many times with presidents, and there's always a group of attorneys, lead counsels, Justice Department. They must realize this is unconstitutional. The Tenth Amendment, just a cursory reading of the Constitution would clearly indicate in the Tenth Amendment, ratified 1791 by the states then, that the powers not delegated, strictly delegated to the United States government, are therefore reserved for the states and the people. That's the Tenth Amendment, the rights of the states to govern themselves. The only way they ever got the Constitution passed and ratified in, the, in 1791 was to agree that these are the Bill of Rights. And men and women over the decades and over the millennial have died, have died, fought and died for those amendments, for those rights. And one, of course, is state rights to be able to say, we are going to entice you with federal funding. We're going to give you federal funding, this $1.9 trillion bill, oh, by the way, that we just can't pay for. And we're going to say it's for COVID, but it's really not. So we're, to an extent, misleading the people who are paying for this with your tax dollars. But we're going to call it a COVID Relief Act. We're going to add to that somewhere around $24 trillion deficit, $24 trillion federal deficit that we got. But at the same time, we're going to violate your Tenth Amendment rights, governors, and we're going to tell you you can't reduce your taxes. You can't relieve a burden of taxes, even if it's state taxes. Now, we all know we pay local taxes. We pay use taxes. We pay sales taxes. We pay all sorts of taxes. And if we wanted to reduce the tax on sales, for example, on milk and bread for families who are suffering through COVID, and we said we might reduce those taxes or eliminate them on certain agricultural products to encourage farming. We may want to reduce taxes on businesses to stir and stimulate manufacturing and research and development. This bill is saying you can't do that. That's unconstitutional. There's no way that the federal government can, in fact, take away the clear authority delegated to the states to reduce taxes or to determine the state and local tax burden on its citizens just because they passed the bill called the COVID Relief Act. It's unconstitutional. It just cannot, it will not stand. If it does, then we have much larger problems than just the $1 trillion that were added to the deficits of this country. Indeed, Governor Bryant, you have clearly articulated the importance of ensuring election integrity in America, safeguarding the sanctity of the ballot. And over the past few months, your principal leadership and clear message has encouraged leaders across the state and across the country to focus on this vital issue. While state legislatures and governors are working to ensure election integrity, we're finding out that a part of corporate America is working against election integrity and working against a fair, honest, and transparent election process. Now, recently, Kimberly Stressel, a member of the editorial board for the Wall Street Journal, wrote a piece titled Corporate America's Big Lie, and the subheading stated, ID requirements are no more racist at the ballot box than they are on a Delta flight. And I would just like to relay a brief quote that she shared in her piece. I quote, corporate CEOs may think this virtual signaling will spare them from the left's boycotts or Democrats 
Democrats' punitive legislative measures. That's a sucker's bet given this week's Democratic plan to siphon $2.3 trillion from corporations to fund new spending. It then goes on to say that witness Senator Marco Rubio's fuming tweet on Thursday calling Delta a woke corporate hypocrite, noting that the company is business partners with the Chinese Communist Party, raking in billions of dollars in a country that doesn't even have elections, unquote. Governor Bright, what message should state governors, state legislators, members of Congress, and the vast majority of American voters, some 70% who support voter ID and election integrity related corporate America and its shareholders in undermining election integrity in America? Well, of course, they should stay out of it. If you want to transport people in your airplanes from one location to the next, that's wonderful. I hope as we all open back America, they'll be able to do that. I've flown Delta many, many times as I have other airlines. But this corporate woke America is going to be a disaster. What these people seem not to understand is they are further dividing the people of the United States. So we're going to tell you in Georgia, if you pass a voter ID law that 74% of Georgians approve of, 74%. If you say you simply need to have the same type of voter ID in that absentee ballot that you have when you appear there at a voting precinct, if you say that's the same thing that many other states do, Mississippi passed a voter, a referendum on voter ID. We put it to the people in 2012. They approved it. We began 2014 with any number of photo voter IDs, your driver's license. Everyone has a driver's license. If you don't, we'll give you a free government-issued ID with your photograph on it free. You might have your other forms of ID that are available to you. It has gone without one single problem, without one single complaint. We haven't even had a lawsuit filed in the state of Mississippi. And when it happened in 2014, you heard the, the gnashing of teeth, yelling and screaming of how it would bring about the end. It was voter suppression. Our number of voters have increased larger turnouts have been seen because people now know that they have integrity at the ballot place. For Coca-Cola and Delta and others to say, we are going to restrict somehow the decisions made by the duly elected members of the House and Senate in Georgia and laws signed by the governor, we are going to punish you somehow corporately for that. Baseball, professional baseball, saying we're going to remove the All-Star game costing the Cobb County $100 million, many minority businessmen will be harmed by this. For what purpose? But I'll tell you what purpose it is. They're being threatened by the left. They're being called at their corporate headquarters and say, if you don't pay the ransom, if you don't have, not only do you issue these, these words, just like a terrorist might hold a hostage and say, read this message. The left is holding up a written message to corporate America and saying, read this or else, or else you're going to be punished or else you're going to be called white supremacist or else uh, we're going to march in front of your corporate headquarters. So these cowering CEOs are clutching their pearls in corporate headquarters and saying, do whatever they tell you quickly. Just do whatever they tell you. They have us held hostage at the same time further dividing america i think and you may have those numbers joel but it seems to me that somewhere around 76 percent of americans believe in a some type of voter id some type of method to identify yourself 
So the Georgia law simply says we're going to follow the same guidelines when an absentee ballot. Oh, by the way, it's a no-excuse absentee ballot. The Georgia law says that you could use your driver's license to fill that out or a photocopy of something to attach with your no-excuse absentee ballot. It's going to limit some, to some extent, the number of drop-off boxes so you can have some security so that someone's not coming and just filling those boxes with uh, absentee ballots, and we don't know where they came from, exactly who dropped them off. So more voter integrity and security there. You heard the president call out the can't give anyone water standing in line. First off, I think I do believe I heard that the average waiting time in Georgia to vote at a precinct less than half an hour. So I'm not sure that you're going to die of thirst or hunger within that half an hour or so of waiting to go in and vote in person. But if you do, anyone there, workers within that voting precinct can give you water. It just simply says that a candidate, when I'm running for governor or lieutenant governor, I can't put my sticker on water and go and hand it to you and say, I hope you vote for me. That's all it said, but it's been the lies that have been told about this bill by the layoff are numerable. It does say that now the state election board can uh, remove a local election superintendent for cause. So if I'm a local election superintendent and I'm not showing up, I'm not getting the proper amount of ballots, I'm allowing candidates to come in and campaign within the voting precinct. If I'm basically violating Georgia election laws, then I can be removed for cause. That's like saying as an employee, I'm the state election board and I can remove an employee for cause for not doing their job. But you see, again, the left has demagogued this elections law. They have made corporate America kneel at the altar of socialism. And what I would remind these corporate officials is the 74 million people that clearly supported Donald Trump are more than likely some of that 76% of Americans that support voter ID and therefore should support the Georgia elections laws, they have an opportunity to select what companies they want to do business with. We still have that right in America. You can take your own money and decide what products and services that you want, and they need to stay out of politics. People can decide if they want to go to a professional baseball game. The hypocrisy of this is overwhelming, and it is going to do nothing but further harm America. While these same companies, while Coca-Cola is in communist China that has no elections, that persecute anyone that tries to exercise their freedom of speech or freedom of religion, well, they come into homes and imprison people trying to worship. They're doing business with them every day. What hypocrisy. They should be ashamed of themselves. Governor Bryan, you actually pointed out to the issue that we are losing the free market economy and free enterprise. Uh, because in a free market economy, producers, service providers, and consumers do not care about their respective political views and affiliations. And without this kind of economic freedom, there is no political freedom. So that the political activists on the left are now using deceitful tactics and fear-mongering, working their way top-down, curtailing our political freedom freedom by punishing all who have opposing views in order to disrupt the economic freedom, which is a sure path to authoritarianism, politically and economically. You've seen it, and the other thing they'll be doing and have been doing is, of course, now use the COVID vaccination. So I believe in the vaccine. I believe in getting vaccinated. I'm all for that. But at what point are we segregated? At what point do we say, you can't get on this airplane, maybe you can't come in this restaurant, you can't at 
access these products or services unless you can show us you've been vaccinated. Unless you've taken that government vaccination, you are not allowed to be involved in commerce in America. This is a fright again, but we are rolling downhill quickly and towards socialism. And you live, Natasha, in a communist nation. You've seen it. And the government is now, they, how many businesses, hundreds, not thousands, have been closed during COVID? How many will now be unable to operate because of the further restrictions that are taking place? Look at the businesses in Cobb County, Georgia, that will be closed. Not only did they go through COVID, I was in Atlanta with my grandchildren two weeks ago. Uh, they're beautiful opportunities to go and visit Atlanta. But now, uh, smaller businesses will be shuttered. They will be closed down. People will go out of business. And, you know, that sounds so simple nowadays. Oh, well, they'll just go out of business. People will put their lives into restaurants, into gift shops, into venues there. And now they'll be unemployed. They don't have to come home and tell their family that we have no source of income at all. So homeless generations now will be increased because of this law, COVID, the actions of the professional baseball yeah, it is just sad where we're going. And I would think probably in another four years, uh, we may be moving towards a third world nation in America of poverty, homelessness, shuttered businesses, government control, dependent completely upon the government, the states having to seek approval of the government in Washington, D.C. before making decisions. This is a communist nation being formed before our very eyes. Yes. Yeah, if we remain silent. Indeed. Yes. Governor Bryant, uh, you have been a leader on this subject of protecting our national borders, meaning the northern southern borders of the United States. In fact, you were with President Donald Trump in the White House for a summit meeting discussing these vital issues and working to make sure that we Americans are well protected in our own country. And today, Governor Bryant, we're witnessing the federal government abdicating its responsibility to protect Americans, America's southern border. Now, recently we found out that two Yemeni citizens were apprehended at the U.S.-Mexico border in the last few months. These Yemeni men were on the U.S. terror list. And we all know too well that it took just only 19 terrorists in 2001 to strike New York City, Washington, D.C., killing thousands and the plane that went down in Pennsylvania, placing our nation at risk. Governor Bryant, what is the state of national security in America today? Well, it's very troubling. And, and, and you're right. I was there in the White House with President Trump as we were looking at how we secure those borders and particularly realizing as I was on the border with Homeland Security there with ICE in the helicopter, seeing what really takes place and understanding that these are not just migrant children and, and mothers making their way across there. It is terrorist. It is foreign agents. You're right. The two uh, Yemen nationals that crossed there were certainly not coming seeking relief. They were coming to destroy America, their cities, their individuals. This is a problem. I have close friends that were former in our national security systems. They understand that this is a national threat that we have not seen in decades. There will be someone, and already has been, nationals crossing these borders from countries that threaten America, that want to destroy America. It is easy to bring in a dirty bomb 
a portable nuclear device across the chasm that is now the southern border and strike one of our cities. So you've got to say, and I see the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, responding, understand what tremendous work that our, our Homeland Security and ICE and Border Patrol are doing. I've been there with them. They also know that it could, it is going to happen. And when it does, it's going to shock the senses of America. The next one will be a 9-11 type event. It won't just be a random shooting. And it is interesting to see today that or very soon the President of the United States will be issuing orders restricting American citizens' Second Amendment rights. Honest gun owners' rights are being restricted each day, while at the same time, the poorest border is allowing terrorists to come across those borders. And, and also, I'm a former narcotics agent. I served while training with DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration, worked undercover narcotics cases as governor. I headed the, not only commander-in-chief of the National Guard, but appointed the director of the Department of Public Safety, director of Bureau of Narcotics. I know what I'm talking about here. The fentanyl, the drugs that are pouring across, primarily coming from China, fentanyl pouring across that border will cause the deaths of thousands of Americans in this country. Who knows what other strains of diseases that are being brought into this nation? We are being invaded, and our own government is allowing it to go on. Yes, Governor Bryant, at least two Islamist terrorists infiltrated the immigration influx in Europe and were responsible for Paris attacks in 2015 when 129 people were killed. At that time, there were one million people that crossed the borders coming from Syria, but also from Afghanistan and Iraq into Europe. That was a massive illegal immigration. So I, I would like to repeat, at least two Islamist terrorists infiltrated the immigration influx. And that can easily happen on our southern border. Absolutely. And Natasha is important. We're just not saying that they may have been terrorists. They were had been previously identified as terrorists by our own government security systems and are on the no-fly list. So they couldn't fly into America to strike our homeland because they were restricted by our federal authorities from doing so. So what do they do? They just come down across the border. But I'm sure Delta to make sure they check your ID before you can get on. <laughs> These are the same guys that said you shouldn't have an ID to vote, but before you get on this plane, we're sure going to make sure you have an ID. Well, thank goodness they were identified. They were able to ID and identify these two terrorists that we later captured. And great work by ICE, great work, I'm sure, by the FBI who were involved, great work by the Border Patrol. We just simply apprehended two. From Yemen, two terrorists from Yemen. How many got in? How many are now working in sales throughout this nation? There is going to be a tremendous loss of life, a disaster that occurs, while at the same time the Justice Department is saying that the greatest threat to America right now at this moment is white supremacy. I don't know any white supremacists. I'm sure they exist, and I'm sure they, if they violate laws, they'll be apprehended, but I don't know of any, but I do know the threat that exists today. Just today, the Commerce Department, I saw just a very short glimpse of it, but they are restricting some of the some of the information technology companies from China, I think five from China doing business and commerce here, because they know that they're connected with the Chinese military. Five different information technology companies coming into the United States, establishing systems 
controlling our systems from the Chinese military. This isn't an invasion. This is a threat, no less threat than December 7th of 1941. The, the bombs have not begun to drop yet. The attacks have not taken place. But Imperial Japan, Nazi Germany spent years slowly preparing themselves, building their forces uh, before an attack took place. This is it. This is what we're watching. And it is frightening to know that we live in an America now that is under attack. And what are we doing? We're restricting all of the rights of our state's government to uh, secure their borders. We're restricting the rights of gun owners uh, to defend themselves. Very, very uh, concerning. We're now uh, federally controlling commerce, while at the same time, the rest of the world is is laughing at what's taking place today. Governor Bryant, we greatly appreciate your clear insights and compelling thoughts based on your vast experiences in serving our nation and importantly, your leadership in relaying conservative ideas and principled solutions to address the challenges that all of us as Americans face today in our nation. Thank you, Governor Bryant. Thank you all. Thanks to our listeners and everyone out there. God bless you all. We continue to pray for America. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adensami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.